Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome, everyone, to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Spotlight Interview Edition. Ryan Roberts, Rising Draft on Twitter, bringing you everything, anything you need to know for the 2021 NFL Draft and beyond. In preparation for cornerback week, starting to get deep and dive into the secondary, I wanted to talk to a man, Mr. Jeff Terry, who is a secondary coach at Delta State, who has the opportunity to, to tutor one of the best Division two football players in the country. I think he's a draftable player at the quarterback position. He also worked with J.C. Horn while in high school. So I wanted to bring on Coach Terry. Uh, Coach, appreciate you again, man, so much for taking some time today. If you just want to say hi to the folks real quick, I sure do appreciate it. For sure. Hi, how's everybody doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, most definitely. And Coach Terry is now into his second year at Delta State. He has an opportunity to, um, like I said, tutor one of the best cornerback prospects, I think, in the country in general. But obviously on the D2 level, he is the cream of the crop. That's Mr. Julius Jr. Falk. We're going to talk a little bit about him. But, Coach, before we get rolling into that, man, I, I looked into your background, everything, you know, Alfred State and Buffalo. And, and you obviously were a great football player in your own right. So talk to me a little bit about just the game when you were growing up, going to play in college football, and just how much this game has meant to you kind of throughout most of your life here. So, um just a, a quick background on me. I am from Buffalo, New York. Um, I played at McKinley High School. Um, I played quarterback, believe it or not, man. It's funny. I played quarterback. I um, We we won uh, two city championships. Um, I lost three games in, a t- in my whole four years of high school. Um, it, it, it prepared me to, you know, I didn't do what I needed to do in a classroom, um, which I mentor kids on now. I uh, had to go to junior college, went on to go to Alfred State. And funny story is that I'm going I'm I'm going there as a quarterback. I'm I am uh, Warren Moon, Donovan McNabb, Marvin Gray, you name it, Tommy Frazier. I think I'm the next coming. And um, our first game, four corners get hurt. You know, four corners get hurt. I know I've never heard of that in my life. Never seen it happen since. Four corners get hurt in the first game. They move me to corner. You know, and uh, I was uh, real unreceptive to it at first. Uh, first play of the game, they threw a bomb. Guys five yards in front of me, they overthrow him. Like any good coach, they go back to it. Uh, I get to the line of scrimmage, and I just remember my shortcomings. I remember my upbringing. Um, I remember a lot of the things that, you know, got me to the point where I was there at Alfred State and uh, picked the ball off, took it 75 yards the other way, touchdown, never played offense again, became a junior college All-American, uh, went on hit, went on to the University of Buffalo, um, where 
man, the Mac was loaded at that time. We were it was our first year of Division One. Uh, we did have our, our I, I was there for our first Division One victory against uh, Bowling Green. Believe it or not, Urban Meyer was the head coach at the time. Um, thought he was going to fight me after the game. I was talking so much crap to his sideline. Um, <laughs> remember, uh, it was just it was just an awesome experience. But um, uh, was invited to uh, several camps when uh, in the CFL uh, was invited to Jets camp uh, in 2002. And um, the, the game has done a lot for me. And, and I always say it like this. Um, you're either motivated or you're inspired. And uh, you can't be both. You have to be inspired to do something and not looking for a coach to motivate you and, uh, and looking for a parent or someone to motivate you. You know, um, that's what football has done for me. Football is, 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 uh, it's changed my life. It's who I am. It's my wife understands that my wife actually is the one who really got me into coaching. I didn't really want to coach. I was a trainer, um, personal trainer, uh, coached my nephew's youth football team and, uh, believe it or not, uh, JC was on that team, and um, we had several Division One athletes on that team at the time, which I didn't know. Um, you know, and I didn't want to coach football. My wife said, you know, it, it's something that you, you're passionate about. Um, you change young people, you know, and you you, uh, you have a an innate ability to get the best out of people, and I think it's something that you should look into. And I did, and here I am. <laughs> well, hey, and that, that's, a, I mean, that's a wonderful transition. I know when I was playing, you know, I, I got into coaching for a little while and I never really right. thought about it. You know, it's, it's, no, kind of like, it's a strange transition. It really is. It's not, it it's is. not a thing to do, you know, because you just want to go out there and play. And then all of a sudden right. you're depending on other people to do what yes. you're telling them. So right. The key um, is get the best ones, man. So you don't got to, you, you know, <laughs> see exactly. your heart's not in your throat all the time. Absolutely. And obviously you've had, um, you've had, like you said already a little bit, you know, you've been able to be around some great defensive backs over the last right. couple of years. Before I get into those though, coach, I know it's been a unsettling off season. It's been really odd to say the least uh, entering your second year now with Delta. Uh, just your, just your thoughts a little bit about this off season, just how you and the team have trying to been, been trying to navigate it the best you can. So we've been real positive about it, man. Um, the big thing is, is you can control the controllables. You can control working out. You can control how you eat. You can control your mental health. Those are the things that we've kind of, you know, expressed to our players. And, and also, you know, making sure those guys were eligible coming into, you know, this fall, you know, over the, you know, because our spring got cut short and, you know, that was tough. You know, those guys, they just go to online learning. A lot of guys are, you know, visual learners, you know, and they need to be in a classroom and, you know, just having to, having to do that is just it was tough. But, you know, we do hard things better here and um, they've done it for a long time. And I just I just tell the kids like this. Look, they didn't cancel football. They postponed football. So mm-hmm. if you really love it, you really care about it. You'll continue to do the things to prepare yourself to be ready for the, you know, when they, whenever they do let us play, you know. Right. And that's kind of okay. the mindset our kids have. Um, Delta State is a place where, you know, guys guys come here, even the coaches. I mean, I can name, you know, Pete, Pete Golding, the head defensive coordinator at Alabama, the head coach at Baylor. Those guys had my office before I had it, you know. Um, so even the coaches, from the coaches to the player, we're all here for the same reason, and that's to win a championship. And it's a championship mindset. It's a championship attitude. 
Um, it's a championship culture. So, you know, if, if, as long as we continue to have that, we'll be fine. Uh, we'll play ball. We'll, when they're ready to roll the ball out, we'll be ready. And, you know, and that's the great thing about this place, too, is, that, you know, you don't have to uh, force guys to get in the weight room. You don't have to force guys to get out and, and, and do things. They go out and they do it. So that's kind of it's kind of how we've been navigating it, man. Uh, just being honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. And it's, I mean, it's all you can do right now. And I, right. I know it's, you know, you already talked about that transition a little bit, right? From play, from, from a player to a coach. It's, it's so strange because for me, like, I always felt like I was the most competitive person ever, you know, like I wanted to win at sure. every single thing that I did. And then you kind of transition to that role and like, that doesn't go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't Never leave. Does. No, I just call that competitive spirit, you know, and, and, you either have it or you don't. You know, you got elite competitive spirit, and then you just got competitive spirit. Elite competitive spirit, I think, is just when you you're not you don't losing is not an option. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. elite is when you're doing all the things preparing yourself to be successful. Um, I think uh, a lot of people get misconstrued with competitor and the participant. You know. Um, you know, just to go out and play a game, that's a participant. That's not a competitor. To go out and win and to go out and be successful every play in and play out, that's a that's an elite uh, competitive spirit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wanted to ask you, Coach, because, you know, talking like in, in that train of thought, right, like obviously the game is at a little bit of a different perspective now, but on a – on a day-to-day basis, maybe even just on a, in a in a in a just trying to be the best coach you can be. Like, how is that competitive nature maybe maybe um, changed a little bit, or maybe just taken all evolved into a different format? Like, how do you feel like your competitive nature is kind of now shaped into the coaching realm? Um, just being honest with you, a lot of times um, it never leaves. A lot of times, I just try and translate. Uh, my competitiveness, I, I mean, I want to win at everything. I want to work being ready to play chess. I, if we're doing, we're out in the community and we're doing community service, I want to win. And, and uh, it, it never tra- it never changes. It, it doesn't leave. Um, you, we continue to be, you know, and I try and translate that to my position group and the defensive backs here. Uh, if we're doing, if if we're uh, going to met, going to go to lunch, I want to be the first ones in line. You know, um, and that mindset, you know, if, if they see it from the top down, all of a sudden, you know, and you, you know this, your, your players are an extension of you. So um, if, 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 if I'm competitive, if I have a competitive spirit, if I'm excited and humble, and I always use the word get to, we get to go do this. We get to, and, and as long as you use the, you know, the, the right words, to bring out that competitiveness. Uh, they don't know I'm being competitive. I'm just trying to be positive, but I'm competitive as all hell. And uh, I guarantee uh, every defensive back you meet that plays at Delta State is going to be. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know it, it's it's something, right? Like we talked about some of the players you've been able to, to really be around and be able to help elevate their game for you though just like when you're looking at a corner and like the really good ones you've had obviously with junior now and jc in the past and and some of the other guys what what do you think are some maybe uh similarities that those guys have that despite what whatever their style is right like a zone-based corner or a man and like what do they all have in common 
I, to me, I think it's it's a, it's a, a number of things. A lot of them all have the instincts. Instincts. What, it, what you know when I, when, we're, when we're talking about defensive back play and we're talking corner specific, and I think that you have to talk specifically when you talk about defensive backs. I I can't stand when people try and lump them together. I mean, it's like going in the ice cream store, going to get ice cream. It's it's different flavors. You gotta you know. Um, do you got a roof safety or is he a down safety? So, you know, those are different, two different type of things. You know, do you got a, a zone corner or, or a man-to-man corner? And I'm just be honest with you, uh, no NFL scouts are coming and, and walking around and saying, hey, man, you got any zone corners here? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's how you, 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 you know, guys got to be able to play man coverage. But a lot, to answer your question, man, they all have several things. They all they all have the instincts, and, and that's just – the innate ability to be able to read and write, recognize, understand a short split or a cut split from a receiver uh, perspective, understand uh, the eye progression where, you know, where your eyes are going to go. They all have elite ball skills. Uh, they all have size and speed. Uh, so put it this way, size, speed, uh, explosiveness, ball skills, all those things get you in the club. But then the elite guys have those instincts. The elite guys have that body control, that balance. So what does that mean? That body control, that balance, being able to come in in and out of their breaks and transition, be able to flip their hips and change direction. You know, those guys have that innate ability to do that. Um, And, uh, you know, and they have that eye discipline. You can tell they're playing cover two. You can tell they're playing cover three. You can really see on tape that they have a, a you know, their skill specific and their technique is, uh, is, is locked into the coverage that's called. Um, and, and, and like I said, the, the big thing I've seen, the, the similarities is the eye progression, the native ability, the football IQ, and, you know, the leverage and the body control and the balance. That's, those are the big things, you know, and, and you see them right away. Um, like I said, size, speed, all those other things, you know, size, speed, explosiveness, ball skills, that gets you in the club. But the elite guys have those other things. And J.C. and Junior, uh, Trey Morrison over at North Carolina, I've, I've coached. Uh, uh, Trey Burton at Wisconsin. Um, you know, all those guys have that. And they also have what's what I call competitive. They're competitive and they're physical. How do you see that on tape? Well, when you see a now screen, when you see a, a, a you know a fast screen right now, watch the corner and block destruction. Is he is he patty cake Baker man looking around or is he getting rid of that guy right now going to get it? When the ball's in the air, is it I'm going to try and intercept the ball or is it you're not going to catch this ball? And you can see that competitive nature on tape, and you can see it um, in those guys. Um, and, and of all those guys that you've been able to be around, you, you mentioned Junior and mm-hmm. JC and all those guys. Who's the best trash talker? Uh, probably JC. JC, yeah. if you get JC, if you get JC rolling, JC will will talk your pants off. JC J, Junior uh, is not going to say anything. He's going to more so. Junior is going to more so get in your face, let you know his bravado. He's going to kind of talk. Junior is kind of a little bit like how I play. Excuse me, JC is a little bit like how I play. JC is going to talk to your whole sideline. JC is going to let the head coach know, is this the best receiver you could roll out on that sideline? From that sideline, all those players, is this the best guy you could come up with? (laughs) That's what he's going to do. But he's going to do it in a sense of 
you're riling him up to do it. You're 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 you know, he made a play here. He makes a play there and then he he's starting to get revved up. If you start seeing him making plays, you can start counting on him to start talking trash. You know, he hadn't done anything yet if he's not talking, you know, yeah. but he's not a he's not a you know, I wouldn't say he's a, a you know, a Deion Sanders trash talker, but he's close. JC is is definitely he's going to get in your face and let you know about it. You see, coach, I knew that I knew that one was coming because I made a comment to JC, you know, because you know, we, we talk every once in a while. He never has his mouthpiece in his mouth. So I'm like, dude, you know, he's a talker, like he's ready to go at all times, you know? He is ready to go, I'm telling you. And it, you know, a lot of that is with his dad too. You know, but dad wasn't a real talker. Dad'll just let you dad'll state facts. You know, dad'll say, Hey, eight catches for 150. What are you doing today? You know, <laughs> and they'll pull the cell phone out of the uh, out of the right, pack. right. But you know, and, Je- and his dad is one of my best friends. Um, Joe's one of my best friends, and 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 we've we've had this conversation before. You know, and he pulled the cell phone out. He told JC, you know, JC told you the story. I'm sure. Yes. Um, yep. You know, he just pulled the cell phone out. And he told his son he was gonna call him, man. <laughs> awesome. That's wonderful. That was one of my favorite things ever. You know, I used to love watching Joe and yeah. Terrell Owens and all those guys. You know, they always had you on the on the the, the edge of your seat for sure. And and kind of talking about JC now, right? Because I'll be very honest, it's highly you know, it's if you're follow me on Twitter, if you've read any of my articles. I think JC Horn's the best corner draft eligible corner in the country. He's my top guy for 2021. Chooses to declare. I think the things that really set him apart for me is like you, you talked about like the things that is easy to see, right? The quantifiable stuff, 6'1", 205, the kid can move. He's got great ability and change of direction. I think the thing that really sets him apart for me, though, is that he spent some time in the nickel as well. I think that he's the next wave, right? Like when we're talking about where the NFL is looking, I think the next thing, right, is to have that true center fielder be able to play man-to-man across the board and wherever the best receiver is to have the guy that matches up best with them. I think J.C. could be that guy that whether the best receiver is on the outside or if he's on the inside, he can just follow him all day. That's like what type of player he looks like to me. Talk to me, though, Coach. Obviously, you you tutored him a, a few years ago, or maybe you still do, just the, the, the caliber of player he is and the biggest maybe improvements you've seen of him. Um, for me, just being honest, man, um, the biggest thing I've seen from him, man, is, is his character and his work ethic. Um, I thought those things would, you know, take him over the top or make him, you know, be average if he, if he wasn't, you know, if he wasn't locked into, you know, uh, going to class and, and doing the right things in the community and just being a leader. You know, he backed away from some of those things in high school. He didn't want to be a leader. He didn't want to be a captain. He didn't want to, you know, he just wanted to be good and and, and go home, you know. And um, I said, you know, the great ones bring people with them, you know. And, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, he, he, he loves Kobe Bryant. That's his guy. Like, that's his black mamba. He was, um, you know, uh, talking about him for years and you know i explained to him kobe wasn't great until he brought people with him you know and look out look what it look how he brought paul gasol and all those guys but um he he's always been driven he's always had that work ethic i just wanted to make i just wanted to see it transition and for me um i think those are the things that are why he's gonna ascend i think those are the things of why he's gonna pass by some guys uh, in this up, upcoming year's draft, um, because all those guys can run, all those guys can play, all those guys are good. 
but what separates him is he's driven like no other. Um, he he has a tremendous work ethic. Um, it you know um, I still talk to him. I talked to him yesterday. Um, he's he's out grinding right now. You know um, he uh, he's one of those what I call a, a you either a floor or a ceiling guy. You know he you, floor. You know what you're getting. You know what you're walking on. Ceiling guys, they're still ascending. They're still getting better. They're still doing things differently. And like you said, yes, he can play that nickel. Um, I do think that's a more of a skill-driven position. I think I do think that to play inside, um, I think he can do it. But I think in the NFL, he's going to be more of a, like you said, an island guy. Uh, lock up your best receiver, walk around with him all day. Um, he's the Darrell Revis, a queen. A quid to lead, you know, uh, type of player, um, Patrick Peterson. But you got to understand the wave. Of, to me, the wave of the NFL is the big corner. It's not the the. You know, when I played, when I got to Buffalo, every guy in the room was five eight, and I knew I was there to replace them. You know, um, right. um, now every guy. I don't. I don't have a guy in my room that's under six feet. You know, so let alone where everybody else in the nation has. Um, but you think about Patrick Peterson, Xavier Rhodes, Brian Jones. Think about the top paid guys. They're they're big guys, <laughs> you know. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey. I can keep going on and on, but I, you know, I, I expressed this thing to these guys years ago. I start. I told them this wave was coming. You know, I I, I spoke it into existence. Um, I knew that this wave was coming. Um, I knew it was coming a long time ago. Um, these guys are big, just like the linemen and the linebackers and all those guys are, you know, um, and the running back. Everybody's bigger, stronger, faster. So now, you know, to uh, you know, when Randy Moss showed up 6'4", 200, and could run a 4'2", now you had to defend that. You know, he changed the game. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. But what, that, what, what he did was he brought up the big corner, the guy that can go out there and line up with him, you know. <laughs> and um, to me, I think – that's what JC is going to bring. He's going to bring that size and that strength and that physicality, but also be able to run and have the ball skills, like you said, to be able to get inside and, you know, play posts and, you know, and uh, play different uh, uh, coverages in the NFL. Um, he's going to be a stud, man. I've been telling him this since he was, since I went and got him as a sophomore, junior in high school. Um, he's going to be a stud, man. He's going to be, he's going, he's going, you know, it's up to him. He has to do everything right and do the right things and make good choices and decisions. But um, he's always been humble. Um, he's always been tough. He's always been driven. And um, I'm excited for him. Yeah, and I think it's so important to have that balance too, right? You, you said he's a humble young man, but, you know, yeah. he, he talks the talk too, you know. Oh, he yeah. He's not going to get revved up until he starts. I think it, it almost helps him play. Like, you know, he's not going to get revved up until he starts making plays. He's not going to say nothing. He's not going to say a word until he starts making play. <laughs> I, th I think my favorite story, Coach, when I when I was you know talking to him for the article was he he was like I asked him I was like so you know Joe Horn in his prime, J.C. Horn lineup net right over top of him, one on one, man to man, who's going to win? And I, I I guess you can kind of predict what he probably said, right? Yeah, he's going to lock him down. <laughs> he said he said he, he said that he talks to his dad all the time and he said you know you guys you guys were the older era you know you're not the athlete you can't compete with these athletes today you know what i mean right 
Well, and, I don't know, man. Joe was physical, man. I know he was. Oh, man, trust me. Joe Horn was one of my favorite players growing up. <laughs> he, was, he was a dog, you know. I remember yeah. in Awamba Junior College when he used to introduce himself, you know. That was that was my guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, we recruited at Awamba, and Awamba's right up the road up here. Nice, nice. Um, Man, uh, uh, and just with Junior, um, Junior is going to be a stud too. But like I talked about, ceiling and floor players, all right? Junior is what I call a ceiling player. Junior is ascending. Junior, we have yet to see. Junior had nine interceptions last year. And all he, he'll tell you, you know, um, when I talked to him, he dropped four. He dropped four of them. He should have had 13 interceptions, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, flat out dropped them. They hit his hands going the other way. Drop. (laughs) And I I know when I when I uh, when I interviewed Junior, you know, he was he was telling me about his, you know, junior college and and wide receiver background and everything. And it it made so much sense to me, just the, the length that he has, the ball skills for you when you're when you're stacking up you know obviously you talked about the difference between, you know, high floor for for a guy like AC and then the high ceiling for junior. For you, when you when you're watching some of these guys around around all of college football, how good is Junior Falk, and how how much should he be on people's radars, kind of going into this year? I think I think um, right now he's not on he's not on where he should be. Um, I do think that you know nine interceptions is nine interceptions. You lead the country in interceptions, you should gain some attention. Um, where he stacks up to me, I think you can put Junior on, you know, on, on LSU. You can put Junior on, in, on South Carolina. You can put Junior anywhere in the SEC, and he will be fine. I think uh, as the draft process, you know, starts to heat up a little bit, I think his name will start to heat up a little bit. Um, he, he stacks up just with, with all those guys. But the, 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 the scary thing about Junior is he's ascending. Like, he's still uh, – you know, learning to work his motor technique. He's still learning to change his technique with each coverage. He uh, wait till he masters it. You know, when he masters it, he's going to be phenomenal. He's physical. He can run. He, I mean, he's a four three guy. He can run for that size. He's six one, six two, two oh five, and he can run. Um, I saw him track down a ball uh, that you know he was covering a guy. A guy ran a slant, and he you know jumped the slant. And they threw uh, the fade, you know, it was like a box fade. So they threw the number two. He came off of the slant and ran the ball down and caught it in the air. I, I, it was it was it was phenomenal. And just he should be on radars. He should be on guys. You know, he sh- he'll heat up. Um, I think right now he has a preliminary grade. Uh, the, all the teams that have called me, I've, I think I've had 19 teams call me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably had uh He's probably I think he has a fourth, fifth round grade right now or fifth, sixth. It's either one of the two, which is good, which is great. Come from Delta State, you know. But the big thing is, is that um, if if he even has a close to the the monster year he had last year, he will then pop up on everybody's radar. Now, the funny thing is I coached against the guy from Lenore Ryan, um, Kyle Duggar. I've seen him with my own two eyes. Played mm-hmm. coached against him two straight years. Actually played him in a playoff game as well. So I've seen a lot of them. Um, I think Junior stacks up just like that guy. He, he, the first uh, safety wasn't picked from LSU. He was picked from Lenore I. You know, so right. if you can ball, you can play. They'll find you. You'll ascend. You'll be good. Um, 
And that's what I try and, you know, explain to everybody. You know, and I got a funny story with Junior. So Junior, I, the first day I met him, well, not first day, but uh, probably about the first week, uh, he helps me move my stuff into my house. And I told my wife, I said, there's my corner right there. And she laughed. She said, he's kind of big, isn't he? I said, no, it's like I like him. <laughs> but uh, he sat in my office after spring practice. And, you know, everybody sits down and they debrief and we go over, you know, things you can do better, things that you you know want to succeed at, your goals. Um, and one of his goals, I mean, he sat and looked me right in my face and said, Coach, I want to play in the NFL. Um, I, I want to play corner. And uh, when he did it, I looked at him and I just, you know, it was like almost like a match made in heaven, like, wow. You, 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 I, I was thinking you were a corner, to be honest with you. And um, I sat him back. I opened up my my jet stuff and showed him, you know, the different things that the scouts look for, um, size, speed, bench, broad jump, all the, you know, the measurables. And um, he looked at them and, he, and I just said, hey, if, if, if the average is, you know, 13 reps on 225, then you need to do 18, you know, and just basically uh, – explain to him that he needs to be better than, you know, average. You can't have an average season. You got to have an above average season. And, you know, sure enough, he had nine interceptions, led the country in PBUs and the rest of history. But he's one of those guys, man, I'm telling you, he's going to rise just like Kyle Duggar did. Once people eat up the film and start really watching the film, he's going to rise. Um, and that's what, you know, he's just under the radar, in my opinion. Um He'll rise. Uh, he, he gets in that senior bowl. He gets anywhere around anything postseason-wise. He'll be fine. Yeah, and I, I know when I talked to him, like I had seen two games of him, so obviously I was incredibly impressed by his corner work. He also mentioned that you know he could potentially play inside at safety. Do you think that that's a potential transition he might be able to make down the road? Uh, I, I hope not. Um, <laughs> that you know, because that will mean he's going to balloon, and that would be the only thing I would say as far as a weakness of juniors is that he's a buff dude. He's a he's a big guy. Um, right. He he could go up to two twenty five very probably quickly. You know, and um, I think he's more suited to play on the outside. I don't think he's a box safety. I think he could play on the roof, um, you know, as a free safety and play the post, you know, and, you know, play things over deep down the middle. And, uh, you know, good teams are always good down the middle. You know, Mike, no, you know, D-line, linebacker, safety. Um, I think he could play on the roof. Um, you know, that's what they wanted him to play when I got here. Um, that's what they had envisioned him playing, but I, I, I saw differently. Um, I, I think, I think that he was going to excel at corner and I think he can play in the inside. And that's what I was talking about as far as him developing his game. He needs to develop his game a little more inside. And, and, and a lot of it is just experience. I don't think he can't do it. I think he's going to be really phenomenal at doing it. It's just experience in doing it and in moving inside and in showing that he can play and run and, 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 you know, um, different eye progressions and, and understanding cut splits of receivers and, you know, the, uh, you know, mastering the technique in there is, it it's, um, he can do it. I just don't, I don't, I don't think unless he balloons up to two twenty five, I don't think he's a roof safety. I think he can play corner and be really successful at it and play for 10 years doing it, you know? Awesome. Well, again, Mr. Jeff Terry, secondary coach from Delta State.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.